Hello, and welcome to Almost Better Than Silence. It's me, Brendan. I'm doing it this time. Doug made a poor decision of giving me power. And by the way, Doug's here, and so is Whitney. We're talking about E3 and a few other stories, but mostly E3. How are you guys doing? Doing great. What an intro. So different. <laughs> Gotta bring that high energy. Yeah. I'm pumped. I've been screaming about anime for the last two hours. I'm ready to do Just this. Just get right in there. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. E3 was fantastic this year. There is so much to discuss. There is a lot. We've had like probably the last three years or so, like our biggest endorsement of E3 was like, it was all right this year. Like it wasn't terrible, but like, I think this three E3 this year was actually like, this is pretty good. Like it was a pretty good showing by like most platforms and most uh, presentations. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. Yeah. I'm actually kind of surprised. Uh, did you guys watch like a lot of it or any of it? I watched most of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mainly, I saw Square Enix and Nintendo, which knocked it out of the park. Mm-hmm. Yep. I watched probably not, like because I was so uh, disappointed by the last few and not expecting much. I didn't watch any of it except for Nintendo's because they just they don't do a live presentation for anyone who doesn't watch it. It's just a video, like a two hour video they release at that time, and mm-hmm. it's just games, 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 games. We're out. Like it's no nonsense no bullshit like hey we're bringing you this new service that might do this one thing it's like here's what's coming out and here's what's guaranteed so i i appreciate the streamlinedness of nintendo's presentations the most well that's the nice thing about like recording it beforehand and and having an idea of what you're doing and having time to edit it and do whatever like i appreciate that because none of these people are in show business you know what i mean these are all nerds who make video games no one (laughs) is good at standing in front of a large crowd of people and getting their point across concisely and with you know the right emotion and whatever that's not to say everyone does it poorly but also even the people who do it the very best are still Mm. that's not what they're doing that's not what they do so like putting together a polished presentation is something that i appreciate but it does take away i mean i don't really understand why e3 became e3 in the way it is i don't know why everyone just didn't do what nintendo does now but um yeah it makes so much more sense to me just from like a company standpoint of having all of those pre-recorded things and making it a nice snappy presentation with editing and you can polish it and you can put music in the background and you can do whatever i like it yeah i think they wanted to like show the developers because some companies and some studios still do this of like here's our team like we're people Mm -hmm. stop yelling at us on the internet we're trying our best (laughs) yeah and then others became like this is a corporate like pitch meeting of like trying to like increase value and trust in our company and stock so we're mm-hmm. going to put our CEO out there. So Gearbox puts up Randy Pitchford and it's like, oh no, what do we do? This is a nightmare. Why is Randy Pitchford still employed anywhere? He's a <laughs> lunatic. But like, I agree with you. It's the difference of like a presentation, a presentator who's like Ubisoft would have Alicia Tyler do it for uh, a few years. And mm-hmm. some people weren't fans. A lot of people weren't. Um, but she had like energy and she knows how she knows how to be a host on stuff. Yeah. And then. I enjoyed her. I always enjoyed her. And then, like, the next year when they didn't have her, they just had some random guy, I think. Or was that the infamous Mr. Caffeine Ubisoft presentation? I forget. But it was, like, the next year Oh, I remember her, that guy. He was real bad. Yeah, he was. I mean, the, pro- the problem is that video gamers are a very, very hard audience to get involved in your presentation. Like They're never happy, yeah. No one's yeah. ever happy. 
everyone in that audience is there for different things. Like, exactly. Forza is such a huge thing because it makes them more money than any other game that they have. But everyone that's in the audience at E3 is not there to see the new Forza game. Mm-hmm. So, like, exactly. spending the b- majority of your presentation on Forza and, like, cars and, like, having a car on stage and whatever and, like, ooh, this is a custom thing. Like, the people that are there in the audience are not hype about that. And you have to get people hype about stuff that they don't care about or <laughs> they have very strong opinions about the franchise and they see a trailer and they're like, what the hell is this bullshit or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's so, so, so hard to get gamers involved because they're all there for different reasons and they all have so much judgment that like you need someone who can really hype up just people in general and just sort of speak to them on that level and and i don't think that developers can do that because they they can only speak to their game and why their game is exciting not like overall in general and get other people excited about it yeah and like ceos or like executives have experience talking publicly like that's a lot of their jobs but also they're so disconnected from it. Like at this point, video games are a business. So you'll get a higher level executives who's good at managing a business, but couldn't give a shit about video games. So Mm -hmm. that's when they're like, Hey, you know, that game you've been waiting years for, for like any new information about it. It's coming out. It's Diablo for your phone. And it's like, Oh no. Oh no. And it just backfires entirely. So it's it's mm-hmm. a real, everyone has a phone, right? Everyone has phones? Like yeah. yeah, it it becomes a meme and it's never in a good way. Like you don't there's no good well, actually I would uh, yeah, here you go. Disagree. This year there were a few good memes that came from E3. Oh hell yes. That weren't shitting on people for bad yeah. presentations. So Yeah. Oh, we'll get to those for sure. Um, In in fact, before maybe we even dive further into E3, do we kind of want to do a a typical uh, roundtable of what we've been playing lately? I'm not sure if we have too much uh, since we've last recorded, but I know I got back into Rocket League and it's like the summer update or whatever. It's actually called the Radical Summer and the currencies cassette tapes. So it's like all like super retro kind of shit. And it's amazing. It's like. Exactly. I was like, all right, well, now I'm playing Rocket League again, like full time. So I'm really hard into that. And in fact, uh, there's all sorts of like cosmetics you can get. And one of these, if you get like to level 12 in the rocket pass, it unlocks like this hammerhead shark that floats above your card. And I'm like super like invested in trying to uh, get to that at the very least and then stop playing because a hammerhead shark is the name of one of my favorite bands on my record label called standards. And they're also like, I don't know. I made a car that's like got all sorts of fruit themes to it to like just kind of be like a standards mobile essentially. So if I could get the, the hammerhead shark, I'd feel like it would complete my standards car. So that's, that's been a lot of fun. Oh, nice. But yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think. I, I'm still going strong with Rocket uh, or God, uh, <laughs> Roller talk. Coaster t- Tycoon uh, on my phone. And I'm trying to think. There's really not much of an update there, but I just can't recommend it enough. Seriously, it's like a blast. I, I continue to just like improve my park. I, I'm almost at the part where like I'm going to like run out of things to do, though. Yeah. I'll say they didn't announce it at E3, and we've talked about Planet Coaster before, but they just revealed uh, Zoo Co- or Planet Zoo. Which is basically the Planet Coaster version of Zoo Tycoon. Oh, nice. So if anyone if anyone had a preference to that version of the game, the new one's coming out from the same people that did Planet Coaster, which is leaps and bounds better than the current Roller Coaster Tycoon series. 
Right. Yeah, I wish this mobile one gave you the like old features where you could like kill people and do all sorts of crazy <laughs> shit. But like okay. that was well, no, it was just for fun. Like I don't know, just to be like, oh, set well, up a roller like, coaster. That you hit a point where there's nothing else you can do. Yes, yeah, and it's going, God. and now it's like, okay, I'm going to make them all throw up, and then I'm going to fling <laughs> them all into a lake. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yep. So I don't know. There is some enjoyment there, even though it's sadistic. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Whitney? Uh, well, uh, my, so we, I spent the weekend at my boyfriend's place and we tried really hard to find, um, something that was on the Xbox Game Pass that was couch co-op and there's stuff out there, but a lot of it was either crazy long downloads or whatever. So I actually started playing Halo Combat Evolved for the first time, um, Ooh. because that's good couch co-op and I've never played any of the Halo games. So we just Hell started yes. that. Nice. I'm yeah. so excited for you. How far did you get, if you happen to recall? Oh, not very far. We played for a couple of hours, but we're still, like, I think we're still rounding up all of the, like, emergency shuttles mm-hmm. okay. on the planet. Gotcha. We're still going oh, to man. find every all the crew that's scattered around. So nostalgic. I want to play Halo again. <laughs> <laughs> well, and again, this this fits right in with everything that I've been doing of like going back and playing all those pivotal games that I missed when I didn't have a console. So this is something mm-hmm. that I've been wanting to do anyway. And it's a great one for, I mean, Halo is some of the best couch co-op for years and years that there was. Um, oh, yeah. Absolutely. More more people are doing it now, but for a very long time, that was that was your best option for wanting to play through a story with somebody. So yeah. I'm excited. I remember my brother's, I think, 16th birthday. He had like a bunch of friends come over bringing TVs and their consoles, and we hooked it up like downstairs in our basement and just had like a 16 person like Halo match. That's and awesome. It was just chaos, but it was so <laughs> fun. Yeah, that's legendary. Yeah. Uh, pun intended. Um, but anyway, <laughs> uh, how about you, Bren? Uh, I've actually got a new game. Came out Ooh. as of this recording uh, two days ago Cadence of Hyrule. The Crypto oh, of Zelda. I just like I was just like, screw it, it's coming out to, like because they kept teasing it. I'm like, oh, it's coming out in twenty nineteen. It's coming out in like June twenty nineteen. And then like this week they're like, hey, by the way, it's coming out on Thursday. It's like, what? So like it kind of <laughs> caught a lot of people off guard. Mm-hmm. And especially during E3 week. So it just came out and I maybe played an hour or so of it Thursday night. And then I probably played about four or five hours of it last night. I think I'm almost done. Like I beat four of the temples and I like you have to get like all these four items and combine them to like go to the Chiral Castle that's blocked off. And I already got all four. So like after about maybe six hours of it, I think I'm almost done the game. Which is good because, like, I got a lot of other games to play, so it's nice that they're not all like a hundred-hour Witcher three. Yeah, I don't, I don't want all games that you can play in a day, but having yeah. a few good games that you can sit down in a set amount of hours and get through the whole thing can Just be really, really refreshing when you have a whole library of stuff you haven't played or haven't finished or whatever, to be able to just yeah. sit down and play a whole story can be really, really nice. It's good to have a mix of the two. Yeah, especially when the game's really, like, well-polished. Like, they don't, they didn't drag it out too long, but they also gave them time to just condense and focus on what they do have and just really fine-tune it. And that's what this game is. This game is fantastic. It is, it's as good as I was hoping it'd be. And it's $25, so that's a steal. Like, they definitely deserve that. That's easy purchase. And uh, it's, yeah, based on the Crypto Necrodancer, so that's the movement. You keep going with the rhythm. 
of the music and it changes when you're in battle, when you're out of battle, when you're in certain areas, when you go into like, you know, a forest temple or when you go to like the fire temple area. And it's just so good. And when you start off, you can choose to play as either Link or Zelda. And then you find the other one later and then can switch whenever you want. Zelda is a bit more magic based. Link can use the shield and the uh, tornado spin. And there's certain items he can use. I, I think he can use a two-handed sword, but Zelda can't. But then Zelda can use a rapier, which gives you the extra movement when you attack with it. So there's there's different things for each character, and it uh, makes them great. I don't think I can play as Kate, uh, Candace, Cadence, uh, the main character of Crypto the Negro Dancer. Um, I know she's an option, but I haven't found her yet. And like I said, I think I'm almost done. So she might be New Game Plus for it. But it's... It's as good as I was was hoping it would be. The music's fantastic. All the animation and sprites are gorgeous. And it's kind of tough at the beginning because you only got three hearts. And every enemy has different movements. And weapons have different ranges of attacks. So, like, a longsword can hit the first three squares in front of you. No, a longsword can hit the first two squares directly in front of you. And then a broadsword can hit the three squares horizontal in front of you. And then a flail can hit, like, in an L shape, like a knight in chess. So, like, they all have different things. You get different items. You get the fire rod, an ice rod, an arrow, bombs, bomb shoe, boomerang. And there's just so much stuff to find. And honestly, I don't even think you need all of it. Like, I found a lot of workarounds for different puzzles. And I'm going out hunting down all the different items myself just to get them, not because I need them. So, it's really cool and... It's just so satisfying, and if you, if you like Zelda, uh, the old school, top-down, like, SNES Zeldas, and you like Crypto the Necrodancer, I highly recommend it. It's such a steal, and it's so good. Um, nice, dude. My biggest complaint would be the bosses of the temples are way too easy. Like, I could just power uh. through them. So, it's nice that it's not, like, frustrating. Like, oh, I hate this game, and I'm, you know, trying to snap my Switch in half, but... Each one, I just, like, powered up my weapon to do more damage and then hit them, like, four times and they died. So it's kind of like, oh, that wasn't a boss. That was just kind of, like, a slightly tougher enemy. So <laughs> right. That would probably be my only complaint. But once I started gaining, I died a lot in the beginning, but once I got maybe, like, five health container or heart containers and got a good weapon of choice, I haven't died yet. Like, you just pick a momentum and you just steamroll over everything. So... It's definitely not as hard as Crypto the Necrodancer, but it is still fun and challenging with the puzzles and like movement being such a core mechanic of the game, and you're not just running around free uh, freestyle. So totally, it's great though. I highly recommend it. Nice man, and I actually just remembered I did play something that I forgot to bring up. Uh, I played Sonic Mania because it's free for PSN yeah. or PS Plus members this month, and holy goddamn fuck, I. Just, like, the intro music and, like, I don't know, the opening sequence or whatever you want to call it, it was just mind-blowing. It was so well animated, and, like, you could tell, like, the fans or whoever worked on this, like, put poured their heart and souls into it. But it also just reminded me of, like, how frustrating Sonic games are, because it's, like, very much, like, the retro <laughs> style. And I'm like, I think I only played, like, ten minutes before. It was also, like, super late when I was like, oh, I could get this for free, so I downloaded it. But, oh, man, I think I am going to be playing a lot more of that. Probably stream it, because then people can laugh at me sucking and getting all frustrated. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I believe his name is Tyson, let me see, I follow him on Twitter, uh, Tyson Hess. 
is like the main director of all of the Sonic Mania stuff and the animation style and stuff. And yeah, they also made Sonic Mania Adventures, which is on YouTube, and they're just little short episodes about like Sonic and the friends following along the the game. I think if you watch all of them, it's like twelve minutes long. So that's cool. I love it. Like that's that's prime Sonic for me. Like the little fat one with like the blue arms and <laughs> not the weird fingernails and teeth. Like that's good <laughs> Sonic. So I'm I'm very happy with that game. Definitely. So yeah, I'll be playing a lot more of that and hopefully streaming it. So check out our Twitch channel, listener, twitch.tv slash ABT Silence. But I guess we can get back to E3 and stuff. Yeah, uh, let's see. You want to go like conference by conference or just kind of want to hit some highlights? Uh, I'm just going through the e- like the E3 like recap page. Um, do, I think we all watched Nintendo. Do we just want to hit that one first right away? Yeah, it seemed like they stole the show. So, I mean, let's start with the best. Yeah, and just trickle down to the worst, which is probably... I don't think I have any of... I don't think I even remember what all the ones I'm most interested in where they were shown. So I'll just pipe in when I know there's a video game I want to talk about, because I don't even think I kept them apart with who released what or announced what, so... It does kind of blur together. Yeah, yeah. Well, especially now with like cross pl- like cross platform games or like not as much exclusivity to games. Right. Well, that's you'll you'll see lot. the trailer four times because it'll be shown for different platforms or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. There's the console presentation, then there's the studio presentation, then there's like the publisher presentation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let me just jump in with Nintendo. Uh, yeah, let's start with them. Super Mario Maker Two. That's a big uh, announcement for a lot of people because it's just. It keeps Mario, like, 2D size joint Mario games alive because people just continue to make it such insane levels. So that's going to be totally. what we're going to see a lot of. That is a huge following. Uh, they did, like, a teaser that Breath of the Wild 2 is in development. So oh, that yeah. made lo- everybody lose their shit. I feel mm-hmm. like that was the icing on the cake. Yeah, that was, I think, the very last thing they showed. And people yeah. were like, oh, cool, Breath of the Wild DLC. And then it's like Breath of the Wild 2 and just like, what? And like yes. everyone losing it because it was kind of you see uh, Zelda short of hair for some reason people are assuming that means she's playable now I don't know why <laughs> yeah I, I did see a lot of that speculation yeah and uh, people are really teasing up they think it's Ganondorf so you fight Calamity Ganon in the first one they think this is Ganondorf now like the person mm. so they're hyping that up a lot and it's gonna be really interesting I've seen some people teasing or speculating it might be Twilight like we see some sort of magic holding the body, like, Ganondorf's body down, and people are speculating that might be, like, Twilight Midna magic. So people are wondering if they're going to try and redo that in the Breath of the Wild engine. So, okay. yeah, it's going to be interesting. I don't expect it anywhere sooner than 2021. I think it's going to be a while, because this is just a very short teaser of, like, we're working on it, don't freak out. Yeah. So, oh, for sure. Yeah. Definitely super early to announce that one or even just mention it, but it was just to kind of make their conference stand out from the rest. One that really got me, and I feel like, I'm not sure how big of a following this had. This was just one of those games that like I would probably like mention to friends in high school or growing up and be like, did you play this game? And everyone's like, no, I never heard of it. It was a game called Panzer Dragoon Mm -hmm. Orta. And I would play it on Xbox original. And it's basically just like, I don't know, you fly around on dragons. It was very much a Japanese game. And you're just like shooting a million targets at once. And it was just, I don't know, very 
cathartic, but also extraordinarily challenging. <laughs> uh, so I didn't get very far in the game, but I just remember having a deep passion for it because I'm like, these dragons are cool. The, the gameplay is amazing. I love this fucking game. And like years went by without like really much Panzer Dragoon anything. And then they announced the Panzer Dragoon remake of the original for Nintendo Switch. And I'm losing my goddamn shit because the (laughs) graphics look insane. It was literally like a dream come true. It's one of those like, I never in a million years would have guessed this would be the game that they're like, yeah, let's revive it. And I'm so glad they did because like I, like I said, I'm not sure how much of a following there is, but I think maybe it was for the audience in Japan. And I'm just one of those lucky Americans. that's like me too. So I'm like (laughs) really, really pumped about this one. The, the, just the gameplay that they did show looked incredibly impressive. I'm going to dive in as soon as that becomes available, but yeah, maybe I'll read what it says on like on a description on this polygon thing. It says on a far low, planet you encounter two dragons awakened from the ancient times armed with a deadly gun from the past and the guidance of your armored blue dragon you must fulfill your destiny and keep the prototype dragon from reaching the tower or die trying and it's yeah just very intense the music the visuals it's going to be a blast so definitely keep your eyes on that one if you're into like i don't know flying shooters it reminded me a lot of Star Fox. so i'm wondering if they're yeah. like hey maybe this is a testing ground for like how Star Fox on the switch would work Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, what else we got? Luigi's Mansion 3. That's looking cool. Uh, that's Hell kind of yeah. Of that. uh, Switcher. Uh, Witcher 3 on the Switch, which is <laughs> very impressive uh, seeing how that's going to work out. I, mm-hmm. I I already got enough hours in that game, so I'm not going to buy it again. But like, the graphics aren't going to be the best. That's a given because it's on a mobile. But like, they say they're going to be able to condense it to a 32 gig uh, SD card. For the cartridge. Wow. So oh, wow. That'll be impressive if we see how well that turns out. But. Totally. What else? Oh, Animal Crossing New Horizons. Animal Crossing. People. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> A bunch of my friends have been making jokes about, is it too soon to request off for the day that that releases in 2020? <laughs> uh, I had a coworker take off for, I had a few coworkers take off for when Smash Brothers Ultimate came out. So. Yep. People have done it. I did for Kingdom Hearts 3. There you go. I'm definitely guilty. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Animal Crossing has been, people have been begging it for it for, I mean, that one Nintendo Direct teased it. So now we got some actual concrete information and people are yeah. going nuts for it. Um, Nintendo also said like, hey, we're announcing it, but we're also going to delay it a little more. People are like, what? Why are you delaying it? What are you trying to do? And they're like, hey, we don't want our employees to die. We don't want to put them through crunch time, so we're going to delay it a little more, so that way they have some good quality of life while still working on the game. And I was ha- apparently there were some people still bitching about it of like oh, I want my game now, like why push it back? But I am glad to see that a majority of the community is definitely like uh, okay, good call. Yeah, like, I was going to say that was something that I wanted to talk about once we hit like games is how much of a conversation it was with. Um, crunch time. A little bit with presenters, but overall with the commentary around. E3 this year and how the you know the working conditions of people who make video games in general and the kind of crazy hours that they put people through and how to fix that was a big part of the conversation with like everybody yeah a lot of people tried to stay away from talking about like unionizing but everybody was talking about it in a way that I feel like no one has been addressing it in this kind of big of an arena yet Mm -hmm. um so it was really nice that overall the The general attitude from everybody seemed to be on board, like fans were on board to wait longer, 
when they heard something was being pushed back because it's such a topic of conversation now and to see it be part of the bigger thing like um giant bombs e3 coverage had a whole thing about crunch time and developers and unionizing and that kind of stuff i just i like seeing that sort of conversation happen and people being more well informed about it means that they're taking it better when something gets pushed back because nintendo wants to give their you know developers a better work-life balance and people aren't aren't like there were people who freaked out for sure but everyone was much more like i would much rather have this game later and have people be happy yeah exactly it seems very more uh accepting i think yeah riot games are still on strike um i know at least out here a few animation studios like the animation studio that does bojack horseman's on strike like trying to get unionized so it's definitely a lot more prevalent with a lot of entertainment stuff and mm-hmm. people often say, like, with the Sonic redesign for the movie, they're like, oh, just, you know, push it back. Who cares? The designers are getting overtime. No, that's mm-hmm. not guaranteed. Nope. There's almost yep. no overtime in the U.S. Or, yeah, in the – no, outside of the U.S. That's why so much gets done outside of the U.S. So it's, like, it's not an easy as, like, oh, you get a few more – you get two or three more hours of work, whatever, take the overtime pay. No, some of these people don't go home. Some of them will live at their office and – yeah their health would deteriorate severely. And like, I mean, Witcher, we, it's been a known problem with CD Projekt Red. Like they make great games, but they really do run their staff ragged during crunch time and like getting everything finished. So like, it is a very big problem. That's more than just, you're going to have to work on the weekend. It's Yeah, like, no, it's, it's like issue. 100 hour weeks where it's like, when are you going to the bathroom? Yeah. Yeah, right. Oh my god! So it's a problem, but it's I'm glad to see it's being addressed. And like you said, on this scale, like it's always been yes. in the corners, in the shadows, yeah. but now it's being like very publicly, like, hey, we gotta bring attention to this. Yeah, I mean, Absolutely. literally, de- developers are at some points working the kinds of hours that those like New York finance bros work, where they're taking all sorts of like stimulants to keep going, and they have mm-hmm. breakdowns by the time they're like 28. 30 because they've been working you know they've been sleeping three hours a night for years or whatever and it's there are times where developers are being put through that exact same kind of thing and it sucks that like they are getting three hours of sleep a night to make this game come out for something that is how we unwind from having that kind of work stress in our lives right yeah i mean even with my company it's not as creative but i know on my team for the last like two months we were really in the crunch time of this like one project that was like super secretive and we couldn't talk to anybody about it so it was only our small team doing it and i was coming in at 5 a.m on saturdays to do stuff for like eight hour mm-hmm. shifts so i was working six days a week and I, that was like the minimum i was working the least everyone else was working like 12 13 14 hour shifts almost daily for about two months uh yeah. the one guy that was definitely saying like he gained a lot of weight and losing hair and like stress and like the one guy his girlfriend broke out with him because he was working so much like it was definitely affecting wow. our lives and if between you and me i think it's the reason a lot of people are quitting at my company but uh, you know it's <laughs> like it's really bad and we're not even that like we're not even like a creative company we're not like a game developer or like a show like creating studio or something so yeah. we were just like on the uh, very outskirts of it and even we we're dealing with severe crush time on stuff so i can Jeez. only imagine so it's rough and it's definitely an issue that's more than just like yeah you lose uh two hours of your drive home or something like it's bad yeah so glad to see it's being addressed um God, we're already spending way too much time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, it's all good. Uh, back to, wait, where are we? Nintendo? Yeah, Nintendo um, still. 
Uh, One that stuck out to me was Ukulele and the Impossible Lair. That's, that's DLC, ha- right? coming out. No, it's a it's a new game. In oh, fact, it's game. like yeah, it's it's pretty weird. It's kind of like it features like 2D levels, so it's like a side perspective oh, so of them. So yeah, so there's like 2D levels and 2.5D levels, so like top down like it's very interesting for them to just take these characters and throw them in new like game mechanics. So I think it'll be fun, but also I th- I don't know. I'm more or less interested in like the original game where it's like more or less kind of like open Mario. World. Like you just yeah, open world, not open world, but like, like 3D you know, world. go explore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, what else? Uh, Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening, the remake of that. Mm-hmm. And god damn, that that might be my first amiibo. That little Link amiibo is fucking adorable, and I love it. <laughs> so I'm definitely gonna be buying that because I didn't play the original one, and I I absolutely love the style. It looks kind of like polymer claymation almost, and it's so cute. Um, what else is there? Pokemon. The got a big exclusive with Pokemon Sword and Shield. A lot of look into that. Uh, the legendary Pokemon look dumb as shit, but there's a lot of memes about it, and I'm I love it. Uh. And of course, because it's based in England, we got a look of a Corgi Pokemon called Yamper, and it's so fat and dumb, and I love it. It's just that a- sounds adorable. I I missed that. Damn yeah, it. they they weren't in the uh, Nintendo presentation uh, like up front, but they had the Nintendo Treehouse afterwards, and that was a big Pokemon thing. So okay, I saw a lot of gameplay yeah. of that and stuff, and like it looks cool. I know a lot of people who are going to get back into Pokemon because of it. Uh, what else? No more Heroes Three. I know some people are big fans of No More Heroes. I never got into it, but uh, that's a big one for some people. So, oh, and uh, a few more uh, stuff. The Smash characters uh, they announced the Dragon Quest heroes as the next like pack, uh, next bundle of Smash characters, and it's it's the main hero, but his different costumes are the different heroes in the different Dragon Quest games. So it's not just like a color swap. You'll play as like a different model. Of heroes. Oh, nice! So yeah. that's really cool. I'm not a big Dragon Quest guy. I've never really played them, but like, I thought that was a very nice touch. Of like, if you don't like, you know, Dragon Quest one, two, or three, you can play as Dragon Quest Hero four in Smash. That is really cool, and also Banjo Kazooie. People lost their shit over. Oh my god! <laughs> I'll fully admit, got a little emotional seeing that trailer. Yes, like, it's <laughs> such a big fucking deal in the Smash Bros. community to have Banjo fucking back because. Banjo Kazooie was supposed to be in, I believe, Melee, and that's when that Microsoft bought them, and they took away the license, and they finally collaborated. And it's just like, oh my god, I'm going to ruin people with Banjo Kazooie. I'm going to be the shittiest Smash player, and I'm so excited. <laughs> it, I'm so happy. When did they say this is happening? Though it was just an announcement, right? I it was. It was this year, but it was okay. Nintendo already announced. The new DLC characters, they're doing five throughout 2019. So nice. it's not sure when exactly, but Dragon Quest is going to be the next character. And then probably two or three months after that, it'll be Banjo-Kazooie. And then two or three months after that, it'll be the last character. Which, or no, it'll be there's still two more characters, actually. Because Piranha Plant wasn't one. And I'm still holding right. up for uh, Solier. Still think he's going to be one. So yes, we'll see. I, I hope so, too. And I believe that was it for Nintendo. Yeah, that's a pretty heavy hitting cast. Yeah, that's, there's games. a lot there. There's a lot there. Um, there's a lot of substance. Totally, I was surprised at at Bethesda's uh, conference coming mm-hmm. out with the two games that I'm most interested in out of all of E3, which was the Ghostwire Tokyo. Oh um, yeah, 
which is the game from what did they do? The Evil Within. Yeah. The- yeah. Yeah, and it looks very spooky, and it it's like an action adventure game where you fight paranormal enemies and rid the city of supernatural evil. But Ooh. the the trailer has a real like good thriller spookiness to it and i feel like all of the scary games that have come out recently have been like horror games not thrillery alan wake kind of you know like spooky atmospheric games more so than straight out like jump scares and whatever and so this obviously there's no gameplay it's very early on for this trailer um you have no idea what kind of game it's going to be like but the trailer really had me hyped um that looks great. And then Deathloop. I loved the style of the Deathloop trailer. Um, it's, first of all, two people of color are the two main people in the uh, game, which I thought was very oh, nice. impressive. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, but the trailer is just the art, the music, the like game style. All of it looks super interesting. And you're two assassins who are stuck in like a time loop fighting one another. So it seems like it's going to be a really interesting take on the narrative and and how the game actually plays out. Because um, you have to like, one of you is trying to protect the cycle of, of, you know, one dies and then you loop around again. And then the other one's trying to break it. Mm, So you're stuck in this time loop over and over again, killing one another as assassins. Like you didn't get too much more than that out of it, but it looks... Very cool, and I loved the trailer. It was so fun. So yeah, all the trailers for Bethesda were phenomenal and gorgeous. But all I have to say is there was no gameplay, so it's just like completely like, what am I going to be doing in this game? It's and that's an E three problem in general because yes. that's all of the developers being like, we got to show them the best we can yeah. provide them. But it's like we also want a little bit of gameplay to know <laughs> what is this game, <laughs> right? Right. Well, and that's uh, that's actually one of the, the, has nothing to do with Bethesda, but um, I saw some of the gameplay from the Sinking City for the first time because I've seen stuff for the Sinking City, but haven't seen gameplay before. And now mm. I'm very excited about that because everyone who played it at E3 talked about like the way that it how IGN put it, the way it trusts the players' detective skills to lead them through the game. Uh-oh. was compelling and it's lovecraftian and it looks super cool it's sort of like lovecraft detective like i like the look of it a ton and mm-hmm. the setting totally. looks great but having it be like a a sort of a mystery game where it trusts the player's detective skills to lead them through the game like that was actually one of the gameplay things that came out of e3 that wasn't in any of the presentations that was the most exciting for me. I'm now super hyped for The Sinking City, where I wasn't before, because I'd only seen art and hadn't heard anything about how the game actually plays. And now that I've heard about how the game actually plays, I'm, like, all in on it. Oh, uh, okay. I've, nice. I've heard nothing about it, so now I'm interested. I'll have to yeah. Into this. Totally. I, I appreciated Bethesda being like, we heard you, and we appreciate you <laughs> being so passionate about Fallout that you are still... That we're still hearing you. You know what I mean? Like, they came out and they were like, look, we fucked up. <laughs> fucked up real bad. Uh, but we want to give you guys something that you like. So here's all the things that you've been asking for. Uh, like NPCs and storylines. Um, and I just, I like the way that they did it. Because how do you go in front of the entire video world. game world and say, because everyone knows what you're going to say, like, n- no one's surprised by 76, like, no one's expecting them to go out there and be like, yeah, we're crushing it so hard. Um, 
But I, I really liked the honesty with which they did it. And they were like, for people to care this much means a lot to us. And I think that that was really cool of them. Um, and they're bringing in NPCs and storylines. So now I might actually play 76. I've said over and over again, they took out the things that I liked most about Fallout. And I love the world of Fallout. And I love the way that they do certain things. But it's a janky ass game with terrible combat. There's no reason <laughs> why I want to play it if there's no NPCs and no storyline. So yeah, if they're right. bringing this in with DLC and seasons and that kind of stuff, I may actually dip my toe into it. Um, but I, I appreciated him coming out and, and the way that he said it and the way that they dealt with it was very cool and felt very genuine to me. Oh, nice. I mean, it's Todd Howard, so as long as he doesn't pull the sheet out from under you, that's already doing better than <laughs> usual. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see, we'll see. how it goes. We'll see. <laughs> uh, again, it's Todd Howard, so I don't jump with both feet into anything without, you know, questioning it first, but... um. Yeah. But I did appreciate the way he went about it. Fair enough. Uh, a few other Bethesda ones that stuck out to me. Doom Eternal, that's going to be uh, oh, yeah. late November. That looked pretty intense. Uh, also, Elder Scrolls Blades is going to be on Switch, mm -hmm. which I'm, I didn't ever get into Blades, but maybe I will since I have a Switch. I'm not really sure. The mm -hmm. Elder Scrolls audience was just unhinged they were so yeah. excited to be hearing anything about anything elder scrolls and it is so funny because i was just like what is even happening why are these people so excited they're gonna like tear the seats off the floors or something and it was it was funny to me to watch people because it's like i think of that as being such an old game with like a a base I mean, I think of it a lot like World of Warcraft. Like, the base is still there, and they're obviously still successful in making money, And but the players are all players who played it when it came out and are still playing it, rather than, like, bringing new people new in. People. yeah. So for people to be that hype that they're, like, standing up on their chairs when someone talks about Elder Scrolls, it was really fun. That was actually one of the funnest parts of E3, was the audience for when Bethesda was talking about new Elder Scrolls. <laughs> nice. Yeah, love the enthusiasm. I think yeah. it's like the sunk cost fallacy of like, I put eight years in Elder Scrolls. I don't know any other <laughs> no games shit. anymore. This has to be good. Like, it's all I got. I literally played Skyrim five times hoping that the <laughs> next iteration would come out, and it hasn't yet. Um... But also, Wolfenstein Cyber Pilot is a mm -hmm. VR game coming in July, so yes. gonna pass on that, but <laughs> if you're into Wolfenstein, check that one out. The new one's supposed to be great, I still I haven't gotten around to it, but I hear great things. No oh, VR for me, this, thank you. <laughs> this one's really interesting, but I don't recognize it at all. Apparently, there was a Saturday morning cartoon called Commander Keen, and they're gonna make a video game out of it. Oh. I, since I don't know this show, I'm not necessarily excited for the no, game, the but people, maybe the anyone people who, who did know the show, every single friend of mine that did know the show said was ecstatic, and they said that the trailer was super in tune with the show, and they're nice. very hype about it. I've never even heard of this show. Same. Right, that's what I mean. And I feel We're like there's so little in pop culture that I have never heard of. Yeah. Like, right. To, to not have watched it, fine, sure, there's a lot of stuff I didn't watch, but to have never even heard of Commander Keen, and then a whole bunch of people are like, this is the most exciting thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, how did it slip under our radar? I'm really legitimately yeah. interested to know why we don't know But I did this. like the style of it. Yeah. Yeah, it looks cute. It looks for cute. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, some people uh listening might be excited for that and be like, you guys don't know Commander Keen, you're crazy. Oh, um Commander Keen's like an old school yeah. uh nineteen ninety game. So yeah. 
It's like way back. It's nothing recent. I thought it was like a recent thing. Okay. Mm-mm. But I think that does it for Bethesda. Do we want to move on to Xbox or who's next? Yeah, well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what I have that's that's uh everything else I have is just kind of the general games that are on all the platforms, I think. There's a, a couple indie ones that looked super interesting. Um the did you guys see the Way to the Woods trailer? No. I don't think I did. Oh, it's two deer. And you're you're deer trying to get through this city, and the art style is super cool it's a little bit miyazaki-esque like some of it reminds me of spirited away but also it's got its own flair to it and um you're two deer trying to like find your way back to the woods and it looks like you're walking through maybe sort of a post-apocalyptic city like i didn't see any people yeah um but it it definitely is a city super intriguing kind of (laughs) cel-shaded yeah honestly kind of reminded me of like the life is strange but the first one yeah yeah, I I love the art style for sure. It's beautiful. It's got it's got like a very mysterious sort of air about it, and I'm I'm into it. Um, that one was exciting. And then, did you guys watch the twelve minutes trailer? Twelve minutes? No. Oh my gosh! I have no idea what this game is about, but it is wild. the The whole trailer is you looking top down in like a one room apartment, and it's this guy who it's like there's like murder and people breaking down the doors and you play in like 12 minute segments of this guy's life and there's nothing else about it but it's super dramatic and very um it immediately put me on the edge of my seat watching it it is um seems very very intense and so i may not actually like playing it once i'm actually in there because it might be too (laughs) intense for me it does not seem like a relaxing game but it's not like anything that i've seen it ever like the way that it's all top down and the way that you're in one room and it's 12 minutes in a row of this guy's life in like different segments and it's just a super interesting idea it looks super interesting it's very intense what you see in the trailer so i am i am hyped to play that game and try it out but i may not actually like it once i get there because it might be too (laughs) intense for me right gotta give him kudos for an interesting idea though yes yeah that's when you watch someone stream it first before you just buy it day one. Exactly. I definitely will do that. <laughs> God, yeah, there's um, so much. Like, I've never yeah. even heard of some of these. And um, and then Gears 5, I'm excited about. I did not play any of the earlier Gears. I played 4. Um, I played it through with my ex. And that's actually the most fun I've had playing through a, like, co-op storyline with another person in local co-op stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I had so much fun playing Gears 4. They did an incredible job with the multiplayer. I feel like there was more story involved than there usually is, but also not having played any of the earlier ones before 4, I didn't feel like I was super lost in the story. Um, and so I'm pretty excited for 5 because I just, I think that there's just not enough good story for two people who want to sit down on the couch next to each other and play through a game together. And I get why. I get mm-hmm. that. The, there's the least amount of people who play video games want to do it, you know, spend 40 hours playing through a whole story with someone sitting right next to them. Very few people have that, like, co-op, couch co-op, like, situation happening. Most yeah. people are playing their games online or, you know, with friends, but independently, and so it's all online co-op stuff. But um, Gears really did a good job with it, so I'm excited for 5. Um 
And there's the the collector's edition, which has a replica Jack drone from the game that actually flies, and that's oh. fun. Yeah. Cool. You get a drone nice. with it if you buy the collector's edition. I'm very surprised by Gears. I played the first one, and like I liked it, I, but I was like, oh, this would be a good like one or two, maybe a trilogy, but like knowing there's a Gears 5 is just like, wow. That yeah, franchise no, really and, just and, kept going. And people are, are very excited about Gears 5. Yeah. Uh, including me. I am one of those people. Um, because I do think that it fills a void. And you can play it single player. You can play it online. There's a lot of ways that you can play it. But as far as couch co-op goes, mm-hmm. I have never play- had a better experience than um, Gears 4. I'm sure AJ's freaking out about <laughs> it. Um, also, we mentioned memes earlier, and we better take uh-huh. advantage we, we of gotta, this um, we fantastic gotta opportunity. <laughs> we have Whitney on the show. Uh, that's the thing. It's... Cyberpunk 2077, mm-hmm. uh, uh-huh. the, the, they had somebody very special <laughs> present their thing. Talk and it about was a Keanu real, talk about I mean. a real like confluence of Whitney's know. interests. Um, <laughs> the perfect crossroads in the uh-huh. Venn diagram. Yeah, You're, exactly. It was right up your alley. Um, he did an excellent job too. Like, I feel like, I don't know, this is probably his first time doing something at like an E3 kind of style event. Yep. So he was seemed a little nervous, but he did a great job with it. Oh, yeah. Um he's very but the, he was very genuine, which is really all yes. you need. He was excited to be there and he was genuine and he had no idea how to keep like that I just loved when he interrupted everybody and was like, guys, you gotta let me get through this because <laughs> exactly. we're never gonna see the trailer if you keep interrupting me. Um, the enthusiasm was through the roof at that point, and I'm like, that's just because people probably weren't expecting to see him, and it's just showing him some real love because he deserves it. He's an incredible actor. Yep, yep. And and the whole your breathtaking thing mm-hmm. is yes. the most endearing meme that has has circled <laughs> the internet in a very long time. I have. Uh, shared every single your breathtaking meme that I have seen <laughs> in the last week. Um, loved it's it. It's glorious. Uh, CD Projekt Red actually contacted that guy on Twitter and be like, "Hey, do you want to uh, like give us your information and we'll send you a collector's edition of Cyberpunk 2077?" Oh, yeah. Oh, good. And the guy actually, that is great. The guy actually responded like, "Nah, man. Like, I, you got my money already. Give it to like a gaming charity, like for like a children's hospital or something. Like, give it Aww. to someone who needs it. I don't need it." So it was just oh, a that's, very that's, wholesome. That's good on everybody's exactly yeah. on everybody's behalf. Um, <laughs> uh, and then uh, yesterday, I think um, there was more news that came out about Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, and Keanu Reeves has the second most dialogue of any character in the video game. Oh wow! Which people were talking about because the trailer at E three is a bunch of game, and then like two seconds of Keanu Reeves yeah. coming up, looking all badass with like sunglasses, and he's like we got a city to blow up or whatever, and that's it. Um, But yesterday I was reading a piece about Keanu Reeves has the second most dialogue of any character. So he is in it a lot. And that is, you know, we didn't uh, get the reveal of the John Wick game, but we also, we saw some gameplay of the John Wick game. Um, And nothing super notable from what I saw of the gameplay of the John Wick game, but I am very excited that for a person with a video game podcast and a Keanu Reeves podcast, <laughs> the crossover. you couldn't you couldn't get better crossover than Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven in a John Wick game. So there's yes. there's a lot specifically that feels like the universe is reaching out to me with those, <laughs> yes, those two games. The year twenty nineteen has a lot of surprises. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, 
But yeah, that's what I mean. Uh, also, okay, not to steer away from Cyberpunk 2077, because that does look absolutely incredible. I'm super interested in playing that. But this one's kind of like lukewarm for me particularly, and I didn't really do my due diligence in seeing like the, I don't know, the audience reaction. Are you as about far to as- talk about Avengers? No, I was going to say okay. Battletoads. Oh. We can well. get to Avengers, though. But well, Avengers thing, though, was also lukewarm for me, and I've talked to multiple people who also felt lukewarm about Avengers, which, after okay. the success of Spider-Man, no one was expecting everyone to feel kind of lukewarm about the Avengers game. Right. Yeah. I'm with you there. Uh, I mean, but the reason I'm lukewarm on Battletoads is just the design is completely different. They're trying to make it like a cartoony, modern remake or whatever they're mm-hmm. doing with it. And I, it, it should be fun for new people, but I'm, I have a feeling the people that played the original are going to be like, this isn't like the original. But I don't know. Maybe I'm just an old crotchety man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, the style is different. I'm usually for cartoonish stuff. It's not terrible, but it's definitely like, oh, okay, that's a choice. Ooh. Um, yes. It, it definitely feels more Castle Crasher, like side scroller, beat em up sort of game. Um, it'll be interesting. I, I don't think it's, you know, yeah, like you said, Doug, I think it's not going to be catering to the old school fans of the original. And they're definitely going to just try and get a new audience with this, but we'll see. God, I hope yeah, that we'll hoverbike level's not fucking in it. I hope it is. So then the people that deal with this game, like the graphics suck and you have to deal with that. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of cartoony, though, I'm going to do real real quick and then we can talk about other stuff. Did you guys see the, the trailer for Guilt? G-Y-L-T? Yeah. Wait, I do. That's it looks like about, a Pixar it? movie. It looks like yeah. Pixar, but it's like a thriller mystery where you're like searching for somebody and it's very spooky seeming, but it looks straight. I mean, I've no the the style looks straight out of a Pixar movie. It is incredibly good, incredibly detailed, but also very stylistic um, in a way that I haven't seen very often. Uh, it looks so good. Um, I'm oh, very geez. hype about guilt. Yeah. I, yeah, I by Tequila Works, the people responsible from the game Rhyme. I, mm-hmm. I have to finish that game. I started it. But uh yeah, so and it's a horror survival game exclusively for the Google Stadia. Oh shit. Oh hey, cool mannequins. Fuck this game. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Uh, but th- wow, this does look amazing though. God, I there's so much I it's... missed and like they're all look good. Like this is a good well, E3. The, that's the thing about E3 is like the main presentations always seem to bury the stuff that I'm most interested in. Mm-hmm. Like the game about two deer finding their way back to the forest or whatever. <laughs> no, they, they don't showcase that, but that's always the stuff that I have to like dig through and the presentations or afterwards find the stuff because like guilt, yep. I don't even remember seeing much about this, but it looks, first of all, I love that they did such a cartoony Pixar style for something that looks so scary. I like that mix of something that's like, Seems like it's for like, kids, but almost also is it- Coraline. Yeah. In a way. Yeah, 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 Coraline. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah very studio um, like, uh, Lika, like, Ica, Lika, whatever. Yeah. Stop motion. <laughs> a way, uh, or the 12 minute one, 12 minutes looks crazy. And for, to not see more of it in E3, like, it's always the, the bigger stuff that you see. And I'm also down for the bigger stuff too, but, um, I just feel like there's always more stuff to parse afterwards to, to make sure you actually caught everything and. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's the big studio games like Cyberpunk. Like, if Cyberpunk, like, moves an inch, people will know about it. Like, people got their eyes on it. Like, mm-hmm. this big right. presentation should show you, like, guilt and, like, 12 minutes and these, like, small games people probably haven't heard of and could definitely get a lot more attention and deserve it. 
Mm-hmm. So it's it should showcase more of these. There was one that was a huge surprise, I think, to almost everybody. Like, I don't think there's been any coverage or any word of this game being in development. Destroy but it's all also, no, a really weird one. Uh, Blair Witch. Yeah, Blair Witch. Yeah. Did you see no, this? No, I knew like, there was going to be a Blair Witch game, and all of a sudden I heard Blair Witch, and I was like, I'm sorry, what? Excuse me? Yes, exactly. And it looks like you just take on the role of someone in those movies, of the original movies. It's very just like, I don't know, you're walking around in the woods with a flashlight. You probably lost your map, and weird shit's going to happen, and you're going to be scared. So... If you're into that, then check it out. But to me, it seems kind of like, I don't know. Like, well, is well, there a Blair Witch on Why? <laughs> why now is a very good so question long. for that game. Why now? Yes. Why yes. is it Blair Witch branded? And why is it coming out how many years after the movie? Uh, 20? Right. Yeah. And were there sequels? Well, I yeah, think there, there were. were there and I just few. didn't even give give them a chance because I'm like, I, I'm, I'll stick with the original. That was, I have... N- a weird nostalgia not nostalgia for it but it actually at the it time only was scary sequel, to me so. yeah i feel like if i watch it today i'd probably laugh but, but I mean, when i was a younger kid it was terrifying i mean it was a it was a cultural phenomenon it was, it was like it was like the matrix whether or not it was a good movie is not the question it right it changed movie making and it was horror. a phenomenon and everyone saw it and and everyone who went to go see it had never seen anything like it before so it makes a big impression on you whether it's a good movie whether you liked it whether it scared you like all of that is kind of irrelevant because of the kind of movie that it was it it changed so much stuff that it it will have nostalgia for everybody in some way i think because it was just so like formative I think that's why they're bringing it back. I think horror is really popular right now. There's a lot of very good horror games and movies coming out and the nostalgia. I think that's why they're bringing it back. I think they wanted to make a right. game. They wanted to make a horror game and they're like, no one, no one knows the studio or no one knows this, like tying it. Like, how can we bring this into the public attention? Tie it in with something else already done. They did that mm-hmm. with like Nintendo with Star Fox Dinosaur Planet. No one was going to mm-hmm. buy a Dinosaur Planet game, throw Star Fox in. Boom. Now everyone knows about it. And if you want to experience Blair Witch, go to Southeast Pennsylvania, where uh, I used to live, because that's where they filmed it, and <laughs> fuck that place. Oh, it's terrifying. I mean, I live here right now. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's it's a rough area. It's uh, uh, some of those woods are spooky. Um. Oh God, we're going real long. Uh, it's all good. Yeah, I'll there's just, a lot to uh, talk about. It was there, such a good E3. There was a lot of stuff there. Exactly. And we're not even hitting like it's the biggest thing. stuff. Like these, like he's, like we said, these are some like smaller indie titles. So it's kind of like, oh man, there's, yeah, there's a website we've talked about before. E3 recap. Like, go to it and just look at everything. There's so much. Like, so if you didn't see every presentation, there might be some. There might be a gem in the rough that you just missed that you are a big fan of. Yeah, I would. I would also say. Um, a lot of people did gameplay coverage. IGN has some of the most, like, comprehensive gameplay coverage. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the stuff that I saw about, like, the John Wick gameplay being tense and thrilling and, uh, you know, the Sinking City gameplay and all that kind of stuff. I, I That was all uh, IGN's coverage that I was looking at when I was looking at gameplay stuff after I'd seen all the presentations. Um and I definitely think that that stuff is harder to, it's harder to watch those videos and it's harder to find whose videos should I be seeing or what commentary should I be reading from people who played games on the floor at E3 or whatever. But I definitely recommend looking up some of that stuff for games that, 
Um, maybe didn't weren't announced this time, but were at E3 because they have gameplay where before they were only trailers or whatever, because that was actually some of the most interesting information that I got out of E3 was some of the gameplay stuff about games that were flying under the radar for me that I'm now hype about. Totally. Yeah. I'm also just like, what? why didn't PlayStation do an E3 thing? But I remember earlier in the year we had already announced yeah. that they yes. were going to skip this Sony, one. So Sony's it was, out. It didn't surprise me, but it also, it just like felt like there was just, I don't know, it was something was missing. And in fact, I, I think I read an article where the Mike, Microsoft. Or, gosh, I forget his name. Uh, yeah, the guy from Microsoft. Phil Spencer. Phil Spencer, that's it. He said like, E3 is not the same without Sony. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's sad. I mean- <laughs> But people are speculating Xbox might be like drifting away from a platform and console developer and more into just like a publisher and developer of games. It sure seems that so, way. So like mm-hmm. especially if one of the big three is kinda going under and if the another one of the big three isn't even at E three, it's kinda like, oh, it's it's just Nintendo's chance to like take it and run with it, which it feels like they did, but like every all these other games are still good. Like it's still a good conference. Well, that's that's the thing is is like there's a lot of weird political stuff. We talked about this not that long ago about how like Sony's working with Nintendo and Nintendo's working yeah. with Xbox and 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 how it's all going to kind of be one big conglomerate. And there's a lot of political type stuff in the video game industry right mm-hmm. now that's very weird. Sony not going to E3, all that kind of stuff is it all feels very weird. But it is some of the most exciting games that that I've been excited for in a while. Like I think 2020 is going to be a very good year for video games. Yeah. Um and it's not that, you know, there haven't been other years full of good video games, but I think there's more that I'm looking forward to in the next 2 years than I have been in a very long time for video games. Yeah, we've been super spoiled and blessed <laughs> even just during the lifespan of this podcast. Yeah. Like it's just been like, oh man, all these games have been these years for games have been great. So yeah, uh, and the fact that it's still they're continuing to raise the bar just seems like impossible. But they're they're still keeping us very interested. Yeah. Oh, uh, we'll say real quick because we probably won't harp on it. But the Avengers game, um, it yeah. looks gross. <laughs> it doesn't look great, and people are uh, shitting on it. Um, but I kind of like that uh, the developers in Marvel have like put their foot down of like, no, we're not redesigning it. Like if you don't like it, don't buy it. But we're not going to put this back in production and redesign the entire game like we talked about, which seems to be the trend with some stuff like the Sonic movie and stuff where they're like, oh, we got to put this back in the oven and everyone's got to rework everything. Well, the the other thing is I can't I, they only showed the cinematic trailer. They didn't show any gameplay. Yeah. So I think it's going to be like it a, was all like in engine footage, but yeah. it wasn't yeah. like this is gameplay. So we still don't actually know what the game is even going to be like. I just think that from what they showed from the trailer, it doesn't look that interesting to me. No. Like Spider-Man from the very first trailer, that Spider-Man game looked fun. Yeah. That's- this is just like, eh, there's nothing new here for me. <laughs> is yeah. what I thought when I saw the Avengers trailer. Especially with the burnout after Endgame and like just all the hype. So it's like kind of like this doesn't look that interesting to me personally kind of looks gross graphic wise, but like I can respect them putting their foot down of just like, no, this is our game. If you don't like it, don't buy it. Fuck off. Like, and not, yeah, I think more people should do that. Yeah. Uh, so I can respect them on that standpoint. I'm not going to buy this game though. That's for sure. It looks like an <laughs> early PS3 game. It's like, Ooh, this is kind of gross. Right. Um, I agree with that. Yeah, so I just want to point that out that they've already put their foot down. They're like, no, no redesign. So, 
Well, do we maybe want to go around and just say some of the final highlights and then we'll like wrap this episode up? I have like two indie ones that stick out to me, but are there any that you guys really want to hit before we go? Uh, no, I've see. already inserted everything I was excited about. I've already okay, talked about all mine, so you guys go. Let me burn through mine because there's a few. Uh, Borderlands 3. Uh, that's going to be interesting. Probably not going to buy it right away, but like hold off until the reviews come in and stuff, but it's at least going to be interesting. Uh, one yeah, night- I don't know. I don't know. They're they're just like digging themselves their own grave over it's, there. So I'm it just, seems it, especially with Randy Pitchford. The more he talks, the worse the company does. I, I'm just I'm just gonna watch what happens there. Uh, yeah. But I'm not I'm not not hyped for giving them my money. Yeah, let's yes. put it that way. Regardless of whether or not the game is good, because I had a lot of fun with Borderlands too. I'm not I'm not in any rush to give them my money until I see how <laughs> how everything shakes out. Yeah, agree. Same here. Uh One Night Stand. It's like a visual novel, but it looks gorgeous. Like it looks like it's all done in water. That's an interesting one. Yeah. Um Blood Roots. I I don't know what it is, but it looks cool as shit. It's just like very cartoony like fighting game like survival sort of something. Um Ramen that was at E3. We've talked about that before. I was waiting for you to mention this. <laughs> <laughs> it's Platoon with naked men and Japanese soup. Uh, <laughs> uh, what else is there? Uh, I'm just scrolling through a list right now. I don't have a list. Uh, there was a steep DLC announcement. I'm amazed that game is still functioning. I don't think yeah, anyone cares. I think about I got that. it for free one of those months. I forget yeah, exactly. No one cares. <laughs> uh, Genesis Noir. That looks very cool, and I don't know anything about it. It's it's what it sounds like. It's like a noir game, but it's like, I don't know, very minimalist style. For Sega Genesis. <laughs> For Sega Genesis. It's a real <laughs> retro. Uh, Shenmue 3 got more development, and they're also fucking people over because it's going to be an Epic Store exclusive, even though people kickstarted it for a Steam game, and they're not saying they're going to get oh, refunds. Man. So if you kickstart a Shenmue 3 for Steam, you're fucked. Tough shit. Don't <laughs> yeah, kickstart stuff. That is nuts. They were. It was just a publicity stunt anyway for a Kickstarter. It was all bullshit. So. Ooh, uh, I I love the uh, art style for Genesis Noir. Yeah, it looks really cool. I don't know. What I hadn't it's about, seen this though. before, but but I love the art style. Yeah, uh, Griftlands. I know nothing about this besides it's done by Clay uh, Chloe. I don't know how to pronounce it. Clay Entertainment, who did No No Oxygen Included. Uh, uh, they did Mask of the Mask Ninja, of right? Ninja. Yeah, there's another Don't one. Don't Starve. Don't Starve. There you go. Uh, fantastic studio. Like, I love all their stuff. So I'm super excited. And this looks gorgeous. It's very much Mask of the Ninja style, art style. Yeah. So it looks real fun. It looks like a card-based, like, action-adventure game where you choose what to do and then have to get the cards for your actions. I'm excited for that. I'm real excited for that. Uh, What else? Wow, I'm newly obsessed with Genesis Noir. I've watched the Taylor twice <laughs> while you've been talking about other games because it looks so good. Looks good. Uh, I'm not super interested, but uh, Vampire Masquerade 2 got announced. I know that's a huge fan base for some people. Uh, that is a huge fan base. Not exciting for me, but I know there's people out there who are pumped for it. Yeah. Uh, Evil Genius 2, World Domination. It's a real-time strategy game where you play as like the supervillain in a James Bond movie. And, like, you build your base and stuff and control the henchmen and have to stop the heroes from infiltrating it. That looks real fun. I missed out on the first one, but I'm really excited for the second one. It looked like a good game. Oh, God, what else is there? There's so much. Sorry. Uh, Destroy All Humans, we already announced they're bringing that back. Uh, that was a fun game. I remember way back on, what, Xbox 360 or original Xbox. So that might be fun. Uh, Persona 5 Royal, eh. Uh, the more distance I get with Persona 5, then maybe the less I'm thrilled about it. 
Final Fantasy VII Remake. We got some footage of that. I still don't have a lot of hopes for it, but we'll see. Uh, holy shit, Digital Devolver are making an Enter the Gungeon arcade cabinet. House, of, <laughs> oh, House yeah. of the Gun Dead. And, like, it's $5,000. And, like, yo, guys, <laughs> can we? Like, <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm definitely going to be, like, campaigning around L.A. and just trying to find someone who will buy it. Just, like, because it looks like it's a brand new game. It's a House of the Undead style Enter the Gungeon. So, it's, like... That is this really is cool. Ridiculous and so unnecessary, and I'm so on board. <laughs> and honestly, for as far as video game cabinets go, I'm pretty sure that's like a reasonable price. It doesn't seem that insane for a cabinet. Like I definitely would have thought it'd be more. Uh, Psychonauts two finally got some footage of that. I still don't trust Tim Schafer. I still think he's a fucking swindler, and I wouldn't would not give him my money. But uh, hey, it's actually being made and released now, so there's something. Uh, Spiritfarer. This looks real good. And it's an Xbox Game Pass game, so I probably would never play... Oh, no. It's on different platforms. We're good. Um, but it's being made by Thunder Lotus Games, who did Jotun, which was that, like, Nordic mythology boss rush game that was so good. Yeah. And this looks like... I mean, I love, like, Spiritfarer's, like, Chiron and, like, Greek mythology, like, the fairy boatman and stuff. So I'm already hooked with that. But then the art style is really cool, and, like, it looks like you live on this boat, and you know, fair monsters or spirits across and stuff, and it's like, I don't, I don't know nothing about it, but I'm in. Uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisp, so anybody who's a Ori and the Blind Forest fan, get more of that. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. Uh, Kingdom Hearts DLC was announced, because, hey, Doug, that game's never ending, so have fun with that. Fuck yeah! <laughs> <laughs> unto the, uh, unto the end, I, it looks like a silhouette, side-scroller, but like, survival game like it looks like you're like it i don't know neanderthal going against a yeti or something i don't know what this is that one looks cool though we got more uh teaser of control i know we talked about that last e3 where it was like a woman in like the secret lab and it was telekinetic and like mm-hmm. breaking apart mm-hmm. stuff in a very geometric geometric it's way st- it still looks super interesting yeah still not a ton of information ari and the secrets of the season Looks really cool, and that's going to come out like 2020. Is that Ori or Ari? <laughs> A-R-Y. So I'm not okay. sure how you pronounce that. But that looks really interesting. Uh, similar to the Guilt like, art style, of, like kind of like DreamWorks-y uh, 3D. Uh, Baldur's Gate 3. Fucking no hell. No shit. Like, came out of nowhere <laughs> with that, and people are pumped. Well, yeah, talk about nostalgia. Yeah, that one will get people going. Yeah. So, I think that's it for me. Fair enough. No, and I only have two, and one of them sounds like a game or no game, so maybe we'll play a real quick one before we do plugs. But uh, the two I wanted to mention up is a game called Fuji with two eyes. So, I'm not sure how you're supposed to pronounce that, but it's a VR game for Rift and Vive. Um, but it looks like a troll in Central Park simulator to me. Cause like you like kind of just like spread, like p- grow plants and stuff. It's very, I don't know. Just go check out a trailer. It looks very interesting. I'm sure in a VR environment, it's going to be really cool to like have that kind of control and stuff. And there's also some kind of like weird alien creatures flying around. So if that sounds interesting to oh. you, very colorful, it, it's almost like, uh, you're in like the Shire. There's like, like little hobbit holes and stuff. I really don't know if there's much of a story or if it's more of like an experience yeah. go like 
grow plants and shit here. Um, but yeah, that looks interesting at the very least. And then last but not least for me is a game called Skatebird. And I swear to God, this might be <laughs> the game E3? I'm the most excited of. Uh, yes, it was announced. Uh-huh. Um, this game, it's not coming out till 2020. So I'm definitely devastated about that. But I'm, it, it's a game about trying your best. That's our tagline. And you are a bird just on a skateboard. <laughs> and it's like, you're like, the things you're grinding on are like pencils that are like connected. Like it's a little, like little skate parts. It's like two scale. Know, it's, yes, it's very adorable. And mm-hmm. honestly, as far as the physics of the actual skateboarding goes, this game looks better than Tony Hawk Pro Skater Five. <laughs> I'm, I'm. It's insane to me to actually admit that. Like they, they've done an outstanding job with it, and it's adorable to boot. So I am 110 percent invested in getting Skatebird as soon as that becomes available. Like this game looks so fun. I'm gonna spend <laughs> a lot of time playing it. Yeah, you put it in uh, our Slack, and I didn't see the title of it. So you're like, this game looks better than Tony Hawk, and I was like, uh, another skating game. I don't know. And then I saw it. And I was like, it's a bird wearing a little hat. And I'm like, I'm in. I want this game. Yes, exactly. I couldn't be more in at all. So that, like I said, Skatebird sounds like game or no game. So maybe we'll play a real brief one. Let's play game or no game. Alright, so like I said, this one's going to be brief, but do you think there's a game called Goblin Hunter VR? Oh, VR is tricky. Ooh. There's so much and it's just such unexplored territory. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say yes, because you stumbled with the title. It's a no. Uh, that's what I mean. I throw VR just to trick you and it, sometimes it, it works, works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, how about a game called Cooking Simulator? Yes. Yes. That's a yes. It's just, it's too generic that it can't not be a game, but it, it's actually a recent game. And I was like, I think I, it's, it's a VR game, right? I think so. I, I don't remember exactly. I did. I pulled up these titles a while ago, actually. I think they had another one called Job Simulator and I got a lot of attention because it was like really comedic and slapsticky. So that rings a bell. Yep. I remember us bringing that up before. Okay. Yeah. So you guys got that one. Do you think there's a game called Gourmet Oh. No offense, Doug. I think that's too good of a title for you, so I'm going to say yes. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. a good title. That's a damn good title. If if it's... I'm going to say yes also. Uh, if it's not a game, someone is going to scoop that up immediately. Yeah. It is a game. You guys totally saw through that. Because it is such an incredible title, and it is a, like a food fight game, I'm fairly sure. So definitely look into that I one. Can I think it's on Steam. Uh, I think that's where I found it, at least. Uh, continuing on, though, do you guys think there's a game called Everybody Loves the Beat? <laughs> I can both imagine this as, like, a rhythm game, and it's, like, the beat of music, or a weird side-scrolling adorable indie game, and it's just a giant beat like the vegetable, and people <laughs> have to, like, take care of it. I would be down I mean- for both games. It definitely sounds like it could be a game, but I'm going to say no game. I'm going to say game because I want it to be an adorable indie side scroller. 
it's a no game. Oh. <laughs> I know it sounds great. I was actually like, you know what? That's pretty damn confusing. I could see that being real. There is a game called Forager, and it's like the, the crafting sort of like resource management kind of game. And you buy different islands to discover new land. And at one point, you discover an area with giant beasts in it with like smiley faces, and they're just like bobbing up and down, like happy. But you have to harvest the beats, so every time you hit them, they're like, I'm sure you have a good reason for doing this. Or, like, you hit them again, it's like, why? I thought we were friends. And, like, it's just this gun-wrenching <laughs> harvesting beats from them. <laughs> nice. Um, do you guys think there's a game called Dash Danger Action Speed Heroes? <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, I want to say no, because it's just Sonic. That's just Sonic. <laughs> It's a yes, and I was like, I would have been way too proud of that one. That just sounds so, like, <laughs> goofy and ridiculous, but it's an actual uh-huh. game. You can check that one out. Um, maybe, like, three more. Do you think there's a game called Dead or School? <laughs> Dead or School? Dead or School? Yeah. Uh, uh, no, but I like it. I'm going to say no. It's a yes, and I don't even Dude, know how. Is it? Like, yes, in fact, I'm pulling this one up because I'm like, yeah, what the hell this is this? It, it was on Steam. <laughs> it's 25 bucks, and underground dwelling girl Hisako oh, is Jesus. aiming for the surface in a zombie-infested Tokyo hack and slash RPG. So yeah, obtain weapons and gear from enemies and customize your skill tree to create your own unique and powerful character. Uh, dead or school? Oh yeah, that's that's uh, some real respectable uh, cover art right there. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, well. <laughs> But the gameplay doesn't look terrible. Uh, it's I don't know. I don't recommend this game. That's, we just play this game because the titles are ridiculous. I know. Yeah, you're right. It's just like yeah, that's what you expect from anime. All right, last two. Oh, Do you guys Jesus. think there's a game called? Actually, no. Last three. Do you think there's a game called Legend of the Crystal Academy? <sighs> no, I think if it was an academy, it'd have a bigger name than just Crystal. I'm going to say no also. That's a no. Yeah, that's just a bunch of buzzwords. Um, and <laughs> do you think... If you threw Final Fantasy in there, absolutely. Do you think there's a game called Moen and Throwin? <laughs> Moen and Throwin. Oh my... Oh, uh, wait. I think I might have heard of this game. I'm going to so say I'm yes. Gonna say yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a definite yes. It's 15 bucks on Steam. Uh, looks Is it pretty... a dad wrestling game? It's... Wreck your neighbor's yard by using long gnomes uh, to throw rocks, fertilizer bags, and more. And it just looks like a very, just like, very goof-tastic, probably like kids kind of game. Oh, okay. I really was hoping it was like a backyard wrestling, but with just dads. I like that it includes lawn gnomes, though. That's great. Yeah. Um, All right, last one. Do you guys think there is a game called Where Is My Family? (laughs) Just like a sad cat on the cover. Or like a single tier. Uh, I'm going to say no. It's a yes, and I'm like, what? I don't even remember anything about this game. How is this real? It's nine bucks on Steam. Uh, where is my family or the story of a child looking for his missing parents? Find a few winks to classics of great adventure games. That sounds really depressing, so don't go play that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or oh, wow. check out Heavy Rain instead. Uh, but that's how we play Game or No <laughs> don't, Game. Don't check that one out. <laughs> Thank you.
right. Well, we can wrap this episode up. That was a good E3 recap. Um, let's do some plugs. You guys have other podcasts, so let's hear Jeez. about those. Let's start with Bren. Where can our listeners find you and your other show? Oh, God. This Where Is My Family? It just looks terrible. Like, yeah. not even, like, funny bad. Like, just bad bad. <laughs> exactly. That's why I had it, like, a, oh, I looked at it up, I'm like, <laughs> I feel bad about this one. <laughs> Um, yes, my other podcast is Are Weeb There Yet? W-E-E-B. It's an anime podcast where me and my other anime friend try to convert our non-anime watching friend. It's basically what me and AJ used to do to Basta every time we were all on together on this show. And <laughs> I believe this week's episode is five centimeters per second. And it's a movie we watched, which is basically the movie Your Name, but like 10 years earlier and less satisfying <laughs> okay <laughs> it was still decent but it was just a lot of short films matched together and i was like ah, all right it wasn't bad but it wasn't great honest um, review yeah and we also watched ergo proxy and my co-host had a meltdown watching it and it was very entertaining to listen to <laughs> so check that one out <laughs> cool and how about you whitney uh so i have the kiana reeves podcast which we've mentioned already which is called cool breeze over the mountains and i believe as of when this one comes out, we will e- either have just done Dracula or Dracula will be coming out tomorrow Ooh, when this damn. one drops. That's a good uh, one. So we just talked about Bram Stoker's Dracula and historical hotties. The most recent episode, we talked about the hottest popes in history. That was our category. <laughs> so the three of us went through uh, a bunch of popes and, and we determined which one was the, the sexiest pope out of all of the popes. Um, that's a really silly one. Tune in and to find out. we've gotten a bunch of yeah. feedback about it being one of our funniest ones that we've ever done. Nice. So if you're looking for a silly, silly thing about people talking about popes being hot, uh, <laughs> check out Historical Hotties. That is great. But you can find all my podcasts uh, on Twitter, Whitney underscore Nelson, N-E-L-S-E-N. I link to all of them there and you can see them all because there's even more than that. But I'll just <laughs> pit- pitch those two for now. You're going to need like a new Squarespace site, like the McElroyShows.com yeah. or <laughs> NelsonShows.com. Just for Whitney. Yeah, or, yep. yeah, there we go. Because then you could link everyone to everywhere at once. Um, but no, that's yeah. fantastic. I, Let, look at all I, those shows. Be more confused by the Pope episode if there isn't literally a show on HBO called The Young Pope. And that's all it is. Well, but that's not about a real Pope is the thing. No, it's not. But like just the idea. We had to go with actual real, real popes. popes. Yeah. Fair oh, enough. God. So and nuts. listeners, if you like our show, give us a like, follow, subscribe. Our handles ABT Silence everywhere in social media and Twitch and all that kind of stuff. Um trying to think also if you want to follow my record label it's at missed out records uh got a lot of vinyl and cassettes available at missedoutrecords.com so check that out well that was our e3 wrap-up so thanks for tuning in we will be back next week with a regular episode see you guys then banjos and smash